Welcome back to Second and Short. It is Wednesday, May 10th, 2023. We're now 36, 37, depending on what team you're on, games into the MLB season. That's about 22.22% of the season. So if you want it in other terms, that equates to week four of the NFL season with 13 minutes, 20 seconds left in the fourth quarter. The first quarter with a minute 20 left in the 19th game of an NBA season. It would be 9.54 a.m. on a Tuesday of a 40-hour work week. You'd be on the tee at number five in a round of golf. You'd be finishing mile six in a marathon. And in a calendar year, it'd be 2.40 a.m. on March 23rd. But, like I said, 36 games in the MLB season. It's Wednesday, May 10th. And Colin, I bring you on once more speak MLB let's go baby so we might as well get it started as we do with the MLB recap what happened this weekend that really got you going well of course you know the series of the worst Oakland Athletics Kansas City Royals Oakland Athletics took two games out of the set of three and one team's at 10 wins one team's at eight wins and holy shit. Yeah, this like this is like two I don't even know. It's like two blind people fighting. <laughs> yeah, I mean you got Kansas City Royals who's at 10 and 26, but only nine games back in their division. Like that AL Central is struggling right now. Not a single yeah. team is above 20 wins. Yeah, I think the Twins lead that one and not like they they're not bad, but they're certainly not that good. Yeah, the Twins are 19 and 17 right now. Yeah, like the, the AL Central is pretty brutal, but doesn't help that the Athletics are yet to reach 10 wins. Or it help them. Yeah, they they need all they can get because they fucking suck. In and out up and down that lineup, they suck. Pitching, hitting, like it's it's hard to watch, honestly. Yeah, and like really, the the rest of that division is in a close race. Like just above them, Houston Astros sitting fourth right now, only four and a half games back, sitting at seventeen eighteen. Yeah, it, it, and like that's not a bad place to be, at least division wise. At this point in the season, like you can make up ground. Do I think they will? Of course not. But, you know, there's room to move up a little bit. But for teams like the A's, it's it's going to be a hard one for them, honestly. Like 14 and a half back from the lead is brutal. And with how good Texas and L.A. and like Seattle and Houston are both good teams. They're just not showing it just yet. With how good the four teams ahead of them are in this division, like Oakland is going to be, I, I think Oakland is out of playoff contention in like August. Oakland, I don't even think is going to win forty games this year. Dude, at this point, like it's going to be pretty tough. But here, on the other hand, the NL West. Now, that's a tight race right now between the Dodgers, Diamondbacks, and Padres. Yeah, definitely. And they're showing it for, like, truly, because, like, right now, San Diego is 
in the final wild card position. Arizona is a game and a half ahead of them in the wild card. They're one game back of the Dodgers in first, and right now, as it stands, the the eight or the uh, Diamondbacks are kind of getting beat up by the Marlins, but still, they're in this race, and they seem like a team that can stay in it. Yeah, and back to the NL West, like the Dodgers, they started off ten and eleven, and since that, they've gone eleven and three. So they're starting to heat up at a very crucial part of the season. Yeah, and you know, speaking of heating up, there's finally you know, one team that really needed some games to go their way, and this weekend was the time for them, the St. Louis Cardinals, because, my God, are they off to a brutal start to the season, but they've won their last three. So you know, in the weekend series, they picked up the final game of that weekend against the Tigers, a big win at 12-6, and then they beat the Cubs, who are super hot right now, they beat them uh, two games in a row so far, and uh, they'll conclude the series tomorrow. The Cardinals need this badly because right now they're eight games back in the NL Central, and Milwaukee and Pittsburgh, though Pittsburgh's not looking great right now, both of them have gotten some sizable leads on the Cardinals, but I still think that the Cardinals are one of the best teams in this division. Yeah, when, when was the last time you saw the Cardinals sitting last in the NL Central? Well, I can tell you that they've never finished uh, April in last place in the NL Central until this year. Yeah, like it was good to see Goldie have that three home run game the other day. So hopefully that sparks up the offense. But it's just like, what are you saying? Like, what's going on in St. Louis? Yeah, I, I couldn't tell you. But I will say the Braves Orioles series from this weekend was thrilling. Like, Absolutely crazy. So Friday, the Orioles, off the back of a huge inning from their offense, they take the win 9-1, a seven-run seventh inning, with a little bit of a fight back from a three-run home run from Sean Murphy. Seems to be his signature move in this past couple of weeks, and it just wasn't enough for the Braves to come back. Dean Kramer threw a fantastic game on the mound. Six innings, one earned run, only three strikeouts, but you know that's not what he's going up there to do. And then two walks. Max Freed, really brutal. Uh, you know, right as he started the seventh, and then now he's on the 15-day IL retroactive to Friday um, with, I believe, a strained forearm. Uh, yeah, I believe I believe you're correct on that. And. You know, that is a tough loss, but the Braves bounce back Saturday. They get the 5-4 win, a super close one. Really, the deciding factor there is an eighth-inning pinch-hit two-run home run from Kevin Pillar. And then on Sunday, they take it all the way to the 12th, and then an, uh, a walk-off from Michael Harris to win it 3-2 in the 12th. Like, a thrilling weekend series. Yeah, it's probably so far been my favorite series all season. Uh, just the competition itself, each team playing very well. And, heck, that one that went in 12 innings, we tied it up on a wild pitch. Yeah. And it was Sam Hilliard, too. So for the for the Atlanta Braves, their bench guys – 
are really producing to help us be in first place. And with the Orioles, no one would have expected the Orioles with how young they are to be doing what they're doing. But again, it's not just the same guys over and over again. They're using their bench players. They're bringing up guys who are throwing them five, six solid innings and relying on that bullpen. Um, But again, it's just good baseball. And that's all we ask for. Oh, yeah. And speaking of good baseball, Zach Gallen is playing some damn good baseball. He just continues to make me look real good for that preseason prediction of him winning NL Cy Young with a seven inning, only five hits, one earned run, one walk, seven Ks in 90 pitches. He just continues to rack up wins. And so does this Arizona Diamondbacks team that a lot of people you know, wouldn't have typically put them here. I was an early adopter of this team. You can go back to all the stuff right before the season started. I was very, very excited about this team and what they could do. And I I really do like what they've got going on. Yeah, and it's not so much on the pitching side. Like, Lourdes Gurriel is on an extended heater, I would say. Uh, eight. Eight for 11 with four home runs, six six RBIs and nine runs in his last three games. Like, he's hitting 365 with a 659 slugging percentage right now. Yeah, and Christian Walker looks fantastic at first base, hitting for a lot of power. He's got nine home runs at the moment, but uh, last night, ninth inning, like a 459-foot blast, like... They've got it going on in all aspects. They're hitting for power. They're hitting for contact. Like Their rookie, Corbin Carroll, is batting 301, and that's after a night for of 0 for 5 baseball. Yeah. He's a young buck who is showing tremendous upside in what he has, and he's not letting bad games get in his head to go on cold streaks. He's staying yeah. consistent at the plate and out in the field. Certainly. And... I think across the board, there's a lot of teams that have surprised us this year. But, you know, as we're kind of going on here, what team do you think has surprised you the most so far this season? Um, I'm going to go probably with the White Sox, surprisingly how bad they are. Yeah. Like they're 12 and 24. And with that lineup, that's not what it should be. They have yeah. too much talent to be that bad. I really like that. I, I, I kind of thought you'd go maybe a different route, but I, I definitely respect that. Yeah, the White Sox should not be this bad, especially at this point in the season with healthy players. Like, it, it's definitely a surprise. I, I think the easy choices here would be like the Rays and the Orioles and the Pirates, but the team that I'm the most surprised by is the angels they're 20 and 16 right now they're really holding their own in the AL West, which we already talked about is crazy good and like it's not because of like a bunch of play like a, a couple of players playing super well like this whole team is playing very well Gio Rochelle is playing pretty good obviously Mike Trout Shohei Otani are doing their thing Rendon kind of looks like he's getting back to what we need from him like I'm very happy with what the Angels have going, and it finally seems like some of the acquisitions they're making are paying off. 
Yeah, and speaking of Rendon, I saw this crazy thing on Twitter. He hit his first home run since May 17th of last year on wow. Sunday. Nice. So, Oof. like, he's he's not, he's hitting just under 300 at 291 right now. Um, so he's on the upside. So hopefully with how that team chemistry is right now, it, he, he can just keep going up because – I loved him as a ball player. I still do. And I just wish the best for him. Yeah. All right. Any series in this second half of the week that you're excited for? Yeah. So one of them right now, of course, is the Rays Orioles. Like, I am super excited about that. Yeah. I I think that that's a fantastic one. I think that Red Sox Braves um, is kind of – looking to be a pretty good series. The Red Sox, you know, though they're like fourth in their division right now, they're 21 and 16 ball club. Like they're very good. And I think that this matchup, especially uh, kind of with the uncertainty with the Braves, uh, you know, we still don't know uh, who's going to get the start on Wednesday with Max Fried's injury. It should have turned over to him, but we're not going to see him. So do we see a bullpen game? We bring up another guy. To maybe we see Jared Schuster's return. I'm really not sure what's going to happen, but I think the culmination of that one's going to be very good. I think Dodgers-Brewers is a very exciting one to see finish. But then looking ahead to the weekend, is there any series that you're you know fond of there? Um, Let me – I'm trying to think. Uh, I'd probably uh, – Braves-Blue Jays. I would yeah. probably say that's one of the most exciting ones. And then if not that, probably looking at the Cardinals, Red Sox, or even the Pirates, Orioles. Yeah, I think Pirates, Orioles is a fantastic one. I think Rays, Yankees is an important one for the Yankees, especially because they do have a bunch of guys coming back from the injured list. I know Aaron Judge making his return after about two weeks on the IL. A couple of other guys should be coming back and then, we have you know another rerun of Padres Dodgers this weekend as well, so a ton to look forward to again this weekend. We've had really two straight weeks of very good matchups in the MLB. Yeah, I I agree. And when we think about those as well, you also have Diamondbacks and Giants, which right now it's crucial that the Diamondbacks at least win this series, if not sweep, because when it comes down when they're coming up against the Padres and the Dodgers, they want as many division wins as they can. Oh, yeah, for sure. So is there anything else you want to talk about? Any performances you wanted to spotlight before we talk about our top 10 power rankings? And I'm just going to throw it out again to uh, Boston. Like this, this series coming up with the Braves, everyone expected the Braves to put up a lot of runs. But what Boston's offense is doing especially with the crucial news in the beginning of the season with Adam Duvall, who was predicted to be one of their top RBI leaders and home run leaders. The offense is still putting up numbers and is, I think, top five in runs scored in the MLB this year so far. Yeah, and a big, big ups to Masataki Yoshida. The guy's on a tear. Just had his first swing and miss of May tonight against the Braves. Ridiculous stuff right there. Um, I do want to point out uh, just one or two things real quick that I saw. Um, 
Bryce Miller, uh, the pitcher for the um, Mariners. Uh, yeah, the, the Mariners. He has made MLB batters swing and miss at 66 of his fastballs in his two MLB starts. Jeez. <laughs> like... Or, or sorry, so so not not swinging misses. He's they've swung at sixty six of his fastballs. Only one of those resulting in a hit, and it was a single. And he's a rookie. Yes, he has only made two starts in the MLB. Oh. So be on notice, anybody that's got to face Bryce Miller of the Seattle Mariners, because you're in for a rude awakening. And then I do want to give my congratulations to last year's, or not last year, last week's. Uh, AL and NL Players of the Week, Masataki Yoshida of the Boston Red Sox, and Sean Murphy of your Atlanta Braves. They're matching up this week as well. And to start the series, Sean Murphy's on top. I was about to say, Sean Murphy, what, he had three RBIs tonight? I believe so. Uh, great. He's playing so goddamn good. Yeah, he's uh, he's doubled his barrel rate. And that's mainly because he's chasing less pitches. He yeah. beginning of the season he was striking out or grounding in a double play so much. He's found his rhythm, he settled in, and now he's fucking shitting on kids. Yeah, he's absolutely killing it with you know batting two ninety nine, nine home runs, thirty two RBIs, and a second best in the league, ten seventy six OPS. So Sean Murphy, keep it up because with him and Ronald Acuna firing on all cylinders, whew, looks scary hey. to play the Atlanta. And Matt Olson, Matt Olson, yeah. he's staying consistent. Yeah, he's only batting two fifty, but when you're putting up four hundred thirty foot bombs every other game, I don't care. Yeah, batting two fifty with an on base percentage at three eighty two, I, I couldn't be happier. And same goes for Sean Murphy. The guy is walking a tremendous amount, batting two ninety nine on base percentage at four forty. Crazy stuff coming out of the two of them. Thank you, Oakland. Yeah, and it's also great to have Orlando Arcia back going three for four tonight. Oh, yeah. Love to see him back. All right, Colin, let's get into these MLB power rankings. I'm I'm very excited to hear what you've got. Uh, we'll start at 10. And we'll move up to one. Let's hear number 10. All right. Number 10, I'm putting the Angels right now. Hmm. Just... With the consistent baseball, yeah, they started off rough, but they're finding that groove right now. So with with the Pirates are sort of slumping right now, so I bumped them out of the top 10, and I moved the Angels up to 10. All right, so at my number 10, I do have the Pirates. I have them dropping all the way down to number 10 because, you know, last 10, they're 2-8. and eight. You can't see that out of a team that is leading their division right now. And they've played very well, but it, the problem is, is that the run differential is they're they're cutting it real damn close with a lot of these games. It, the run differential is only plus eleven, whereas a, a team like the Chicago Cubs are in third place in their division at plus forty two, and there's numerous other teams that aren't even in first place in their division that have been outscoring the Pirates. And it just seems like, yes, of course, you can attribute that to a, a pretty strong uh, you know, starting rotation and bullpen that has played very well. 
and maybe minimal run production, but the runs allowed are still up there pretty high compared to other clubs. And it just seems like they can't, they can't quite hold them off right now. And that's just not a good recipe for success. Yeah, I, I completely agree with you on that one. Like I have them sitting at 11 for me. All right, well, let's hear number nine. All right. Number nine, I got the Astros. I know. I'm surprised they made it. I, I got to be honest. Yeah. Um, I just it, I put them there because they're the Astros. Okay, yeah, their rotation is in shambles right now, and certainly their injuries aren't helping. But they still got plenty of time. And they're starting to bring it back right now. But I that's all I'm going to say. They're at my number nine. All right. Fair enough. At my number nine, I've got the Los Angeles Angels here. I think they're playing fantastic baseball. Six and four in their last ten. Um, I'm very happy with what I've seen. You know, we were just talking about it. Very happy about what I've seen with the offense. But a bit more of a surprise is that the bullpen and the starting rotation, though they're giving up quite a few runs, isn't as bad as it has been in prior years. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Like we said, Angels are playing good baseball. Yeah, and it, it the best thing I can see out of a club, especially like the Angels, where we have not seen much success in prior years, is an even home and away record. They're very close. At home, they're 10-7. and seven away 10 and nine. That's kind of what I want to see is teams be more balanced. If you're only going to win at home, then, you know, how is that going to help you? You know, if you're a, like the Colorado Rockies, where of course they have a home field advantage, but at the moment it's not really showing all that much. Look, it is important to not just win at home. You got to win on the road. And I think that the angels have done a great job of balancing those two. Yeah. Oh, heck. So far, the Rockies are better away than they are at home. Yeah. The eight and thirteen away and seven and nine at home. Yeah, it's scary stuff. But let's talk number eight. Who you got? Number eight, I got the Padres. Ooh. That's. But have you noticed the tear that Fernando Tatis has been on since he's been back? Yeah, they might need him to piss in another cup. I was. Something don't look right, man. <laughs> Something don't look right. But even with him being out, if he keeps this up, man, he's going to have a monster season. Oh, yeah. Like, he's absolutely killing it. And they've got him batting leadoff, which is just kind of crazy. Um, They're they going can, after the Ronald Acuna yeah, uh, strategy. I guess, because, look, they need a jump starter in this lineup, and he's doing just that. Like, he's hitting pretty strong, like, four-power you know, obviously, Fernando Tatis is never going to hit over 300. That's just not in his repertoire. But when you've got him to front o- front load this lineup, and I really like the lineup that they put out against the Twins today um, with Tatis leading off and then Cronenworth, Machado, Soto, Bogarts, and then you have Matt Carpenter, DH, Haseon Kim, Trent Grisham, and then Austin Nola. I don't mind this lineup whatsoever. You know, there's certain guys you could switch out, and there's certain guys you can move around this lineup, but I think that that helps them a lot. You know, it's not set in stone. They can be pretty fluid with how they put out this lineup, 
depending on you know what they want to see, what the matchup is. I think there's endless possibilities with this much talent. It's just about everybody being hot at the same time. Yeah, and that might be one of the scariest top fives I've seen. Yeah. In a lineup, and I'm a Braves guy, and I know our top five is pretty, pretty fucking terrifying. But like you said, they got people who can move all over. Like Trent, Trent Grisham can go bat leadoff tomorrow. And yeah. Move Potsies down. Nola can move up to five or six. Matt Carpenter eight or nine. But it's not just batting the lineup. They have people who can play all over the field. So you're not missing reps. You can get in. Say it's not your primary position. Um, say Matt Carpenter comes out, give um, Cronenworth needs a break. You put Matt Carpenter at first base. Easy. It's awesome to see that in a lineup, and it it's showing right now. They're playing very well. Yeah, there there's endless possibilities with this lineup, and um, I just I, I guess it's more the rotation that I need to see more from, and. and it's kind of the games like like last week, I believe, or maybe it was the week before against the Giants. Like, it, it, Though they won, they gave up 11 runs. It, like That's the performances that we can't see. I really like what I've seen from them recently, though. They haven't given up more than two runs since um, the first game with the Reds last week on May 2nd. So, look, they've gone a week without giving up more than two runs. That's what you need to see out of a team like this. That's how you're going to surge up and possibly take a lead in this division is good pitching and even better offense. Yeah, and tomorrow, tomorrow's matchup, the Padres are throwing Seth Lugo out on the bump and they're going up against Pablo Lopez. So I'm, I'm excited to see that matchup tomorrow. But on a different note, did you see who the Padres' leading RBI scorer is? Uh, no, I did not. Matt Carpenter. Look at him. Only 17. That's not very good. <laughs> so I guess the Padres, you know, it's weird. Yeah. And that, I was about to say something. I was like, well, it seems like they're not putting up a lot of runs, but it's just they're all putting up runs. Yeah, it's it's shared across the whole team, and you couldn't ask for more. Yeah. All right, Greg, who you got? All right, number eight. I've got the Boston Red Sox. I think they're playing fantastic baseball. And though you can knock them for being fourth in their division, you can't deny the 21 and 16 record. Like they're absolutely killing it. And they've got good players doing stuff. Like Rafael Devers leads in home runs and RBIs, Verdugo leading in batting average. Then pitching wise, you know, it's not, it doesn't seem that good. It just seems like the offense is kind of carrying them at the moment, which obviously isn't sustainable. Like, when your ERA leader is Tanner Hawk and he's got an ERA at 526, it's not quite what you want to see. But it's the late inning heroics of, of this batting, uh, you know, of this lineup that has saved their ass multiple times. And if we can see better starting pitching out of this team, they're certainly going to be contending for first place in this division. Yeah. And. It's also a little help from uh, Tristan Casas. I probably butchered that last name, but he's a young buck who's shining right now. And, yeah. of course, Alex Verdugo, of course. Yeah, man, Doogie. He's killing it. But, look, Boston 8-2 and two in their last 10, and they've lost two in a row. So, look, 
they won eight in a row. That's crazy. And if they can just, you know, obviously you don't have to win every single game, but if you can just consistently take two, sometimes take the sweep, you're going to climb up because the Rays, look, they lose games. <laughs> it just happens. And I believe they lost today. So if you can just continue to play consistent baseball, you're going to climb up. It's just about winning the games that you need to. And I think that the Red Sox just have to deal with that. Yeah. And like when you said they were, uh, they swept the Blue Jays in four games and then took two from Philly. Like that, those are not hard teams to beat. So it's like you said, their pitching's got to get better if they want to make a run. Because if yeah. we see from any Tampa Bay team that second half of the season season after the All-Star break, they're going to struggle. Someone's going to go down with an injury, and they're going to be in shambles. So if you can keep up right now and then just surge past them later, you're golden. All right. Who's your number seven? Uh, my number seven is the Red Sox, so we don't Love have to it. go in. We don't have to go <laughs> in too detail for it. <laughs> well, I, I like it. So uh, my number seven, I I would love to have put them higher. I just personally, I like some of the other teams ahead of them better. I've got the Diamondbacks here, and it, I I don't even know what it is about it. Uh, I I just think it's you know some of their pitching hasn't been all that great, and. You know, I'd like to see just five knockout starters. Like, you can just pencil them in for the W. It's just not the reality uh, of this lineup for the Diamondbacks. Like, with um, like their starter today, Brandon, you know what? I'm not even going to try and pronounce uh, Like, fat, fat it? Fat? Good enough. I think that's good. Like, he's got a 13.5 ERA. Well, yeah, he's getting shit on right now by the Marlins. Yeah, they already pulled him out. That's how bad he's playing. <laughs> and, so Lair had two bombs off of him. And, like, I'm pretty sure that's his debut. Like, that sucks. But, I, I mean, overall for this Diamondbacks team, it, it's just it, it doesn't seem like they can string, like, uh, uh, they can't ride off the back of a couple of good wins. Like, and they're yet to take three wins straight off of a single team. They keep like they've won three straight multiple times, but I, I need to see them just kind of hit hit their stride for like a week. Like have a great week. Don't have a great handful of days. Yeah, it's like they're winning Zach Gallon's game. Yeah. That's really it. Yeah, when it when it comes down to this team, like yeah, they're gonna win. At the moment, it seems like they're going to win when Zach Gallon's on the mound. And Merrill Kelly gives him a fighting chance, and so does Ryan Nelson. And then, like, Zach Davies is on the IL, and then you have this young guy, Brandon Fat, 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 whatever. (laughs) You got him as well. And it's like, okay, so the first three, like, you got a chance. And then it just drops off. Like, you need a little more consistency if you want this whole thing to work out. And that that's just what they're missing at the moment. Yeah. I uh I'm excited for them. Yeah. They're a fun team to watch. Maybe they make a couple uh pickups I by the trade so. deadline. I hope they're buyers at the trade deadline. 
I, they'd be stupid if they're not. They could pick up some good pieces off of like the White Sox and the Royals. Yeah, go get uh, go get Clevenger. I don't. Uh, uh. You could. Go, <laughs> I'm trying Do to you think. You want him? I'm trying. I'm, I'm trying to think of who else. No, not, you could probably pick up Lance Lynn. Yeah, that'd be pretty nice for him. I don't know. Well, you know, it's not trade time. We don't have to talk about this yet. So, oh, who's your number six? Oh my god! Yeah, who's your number right. six? I'm I'm gonna put the Blue Jays at number six, and I would have them higher, but the other five teams are just playing so much better baseball than them. I just referenced a uh, score here in Marietta, Georgia. Right sure there. Did. But they ranked dead last in home games played this season. Like, they, they've they only played 12 games at home. Yeah, they're 9-3, and three, but they're 12-11 and 11 on the road. 12-12 12 and 12 as of today. Oh, did they lose today? Yeah. Oh, yikes. Oh, sorry, Toronto. I tried to help you out there. But yeah. Letting them. Not letting them get out of here. Who they lose to? Uh, Phillies. Oh, that's rough. But yeah, they're my they're my number six. I get it. They're a good team. Yeah, my Matt number Chapman, six. Oh, Matt, no, Chapman. Go ahead. Matt, Matt Chapman's putting the team on his back. Yeah, right he's now. trying. Fuck, it's gonna break at some point. <laughs> <laughs> but I've got the Dodgers here at six, and. Yeah, I could have put them higher. I, I honestly, I could have put them lower. Like, but it's the Dodgers. I can't deny that they're playing very well. They're one of the only teams in the league. With, actually, they're one of two teams in the league with two hundred or more runs scored, only behind the Rays, of course, who have thirty more than them. But look, the Dodgers are the Dodgers. They're going to win a shitload of games. Probably not as much as they have in prior years with the strength of this division, but you can't count them out. They're always going to be good because they've always got the the you know, a few good pitchers and a, a pretty good bullpen and a bunch of good hitters. Like they're undeniable at this point. You know, obviously after years and years of dominance, it's hard to say that they're not always going to be in this top ten. Yeah. And like you said, good bullpen. They definitely showed that today with Noah Syndergaard having to uh, exit the game early. He only pitched an inning. And so yeah. it was a bullpen game for them. They won 6-2. But when you have that one-two punch of Mookie Betts and Freddie Freeman, that's terrifying. That's going to scare the shit out of any starting pitcher. But then also their young bucks, uh, was it James? James, James Altman. Altman. James Outman has been fucking phenomenal. Yeah, I mean, he let me down in prize picks the other day, but we're not going to talk about that. <laughs> um, come on, man. I just need a one hit. But, yeah, James Outman and also, uh, what is it, Trace Thompson? Dude, at this point, Trace Thompson's not even young. He just doesn't play a lot. Like, yeah. Trace Thompson is 32 years old. Yeah, my bad. I don't know why I said it. He's got <laughs> 132 right now. Yeah, he's, like he, he had a, a few good games early in the season where he was just like hitting home runs for no goddamn reason. But like he's not like a, a an everyday starter in this lineup, but certainly can contribute if he's having a good night. 
Maybe he should go play basketball. Uh, I think his brother's got that one held down. Maybe he should go to the Miracle League. Maybe. I did a project about that. Nice. But, Congrats. yeah. I, I like the Dodgers right there. Um, All right. I actually Let's got talk. them. I got them my next one. Okay, that's perfect because I have the Blue Jays there. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. We don't got to go with the much detail. Yeah. Look. I, I totally agree with what you said about the Blue Jays. I need to see them play a lot more at home, for sure, because the 9-3 and three seems like a fluke. But with the with the Blue Jays, they have such a volatile team. Like Their team is so up and down uh, across the board. That's why I just I can't trust it just yet. Like, I, like Alec Manoa is a guy who last year was absolutely fantastic. This year, he's 1-3. Coming off of this loss to the Phillies today, he only went 4.2, gave up three runs, only had one strikeout, and he walked four batters. Like They're all over the place, and they've just got pitchers all over this rotation that are always going to be all over the place. Yeah, and as a, as a starting pitcher, you cannot have that walk-to-strikeout ratio like that. Like, come on, one strikeout and four walks? That's just, his command is, is all over the place this season. Yeah, um, it's crazy. I'm not. I haven't looked at his season numbers, but they're not. You said, you said he's one in three. I, that can only tell me what everything else is. Uh, from a guy who's lights out. What last year did he make his first All Star appearance? Yeah, he made his first All Star game. I think he was a finalist for AL Cy Young. Oh yeah, it was him, Cease, and Verlander. Yeah. Yeah. Poor guy. He's you're 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 letting your team down, man. Like, come on. Pick this shit up and start hooking a ball. Yeah, Alec, I know you're listening. And he's probably played too much MLB The Show. I know he's been on Twitch recently. Oh, interesting. Maybe we have a Kyler Murray situation on our hands. Maybe. All right. But what are, what are we on, number five? Uh, No, we're on number four now because we had the same five and six. That's right. So, number four. I got the Rangers. Hmm. And Eight? so, so Adoles Garcia, MLB leader for RBIs with 36. What? Yeah, that's crazy. It's he's on pace for 177 RBIs. Man. But Jacob DeGrom was is was finally starting to figure it out. What Martin Perez is doing his thing. Uh, do they have uh, Nate or Josh Lowe? I forget. It's Nate Lowe, right? Yeah, they've got Nate Lowe. He's been mashing. Corey Seager's hurt. Marcus Simeon. It's just like they're playing good baseball. Yeah, they are. I'm talking really slow right now because I'm just trying to think of all the talent that they have, and I'm happy to see that they're finally putting it to use. Yeah. we've We've seen them have talent before. But they just shit the bed. Yeah, they definitely have. I, I really like their rotation. You know, when Degrom is healthy, of course he's one of the best. And then Martin Perez is very consistent. Nathan Eovaldi has shown tremendous flashes, especially this season. He looks great. John Gray is just kind of a consistent throw him out there guy. He's going to get you five or six. And then Andrew Haney can have a good day. Sometimes he won't. It's just part of his game, honestly. Yeah, but, and Dane uh, Dunning. 
yeah, Dane Dunning as well, just to add to this rotation. There's a bunch of guys that can go out there and do their job. I'm just very scared of the days when a couple of those guys maybe get hurt and we don't see this consistency. Yeah, but also uh, talk about your guy here, Jonah Heim. Sir. He's had a great start. And it's been a big factor in the Rangers' success. Yeah, he's probably like him and Adolis are easily the ones running the show at the moment, which is surprising since, you know, Billy, like a billion dollars is put into Marcus Simeon and Corey Seager. Like, you wouldn't expect the two guys that came up in the system that have only been up for a handful of years in Jonah Heim and Adolis Garcia to be kind of running the show, but they certainly are. Yeah. And, one thing I just looked at, Ian Kennedy's still in the league. Sure is. He's pitching right now. Yeah. For that's... the Rangers. Yes. I thought he was like in a retirement home. No, surprisingly, he's still kicking it at 38. That's poor guy. His, his family must not love him. Yeah. Well, he's not even pitching all that well. He's. 727 ERA this season. But he just needs to hang it up. It's probably safe to say. But my number four is the Baltimore Orioles. I would have loved to put them higher. Don't get me wrong. Okay. But uh, I, I just, I don't know what it is about this team, but I just don't trust everything they've got going on. No, you're stupid. No, like, listen, it, it's... They're too young, if that makes sense. Like, there's not enough, uh, like, uh, there's not enough prior work that backs up how good they're playing. Yeah. So basically, like, they're playing on a high right now. Yeah. And once they get off that high, they're they're gonna think that they're back in high school baseball, going up against ING Academy. Exactly. But like, they're not. Yeah. Like I, I like I like that. I think they could be flip flop between three and four. Cause I mean I'm just gonna go ahead and say I had them at three. Yeah. But they've never had a team with two players reaching forty stolen bases. Right now Jorge Mateo's at twelve and Cedric Mullins is at eleven. And not even that, Jorge Mateo's twelve for thirteen and Cedric Mullins is eleven for eleven. So And I know for a while they were the one-two punch, but you got Adley, who's staying consistent, Ryan Mountcastle, who's picking it up. Like, they got great, phenomenal hitters on this team. Yeah, and I'm not trying to take that away from them, but, like, what's going to happen when Adley Rutschman gets cold or when, you know, even Anthony Santander, who hasn't, you know, he's been very good this season – what if he gets cold and they don't really have that power aspect still in the lineup? Or, you know, Gunnar Henderson still hasn't really showed too much on, a, you know, hitting wise. He, he's a great fielder and he showed that off, but I got to see more from the hitting. He's batting 179 right now with a slugging of 326. Like, that, it's almost unacceptable from the number one in the pipeline. Like, I just, and like, Adam Frazier is just not. 
He's not the guy that people thought he was going to be after a great first half of the season, like two years ago. I don't know what the deal is there where people just want to like hash out money at him, but he's not that guy. He showed it when he got traded to the Padres that he wasn't that good. Then he goes to the Mariners, still wasn't that good, couldn't even stay in that lineup. Now he's with the Orioles, and if Ramon Urias was healthy, I'd probably put him in the lineup over him. Yeah. Like, uh, at this point, Adam Frazier should have just stayed in Pittsburgh. Yeah. Like, with how well Pittsburgh's playing right now, they they could probably use him. Not if he's going to go over 3. Yeah, but that, was, that we're talking about Pittsburgh, Adam Frazier. This is Baltimore, Fair. Adam Frazier. Yeah. In Pittsburgh, he was the guy. Yeah, you had Brian Reynolds, but he was the guy. Fair and enough. Now, now he's on a team of young guys, as I should say, that are – already better than him yeah but yeah i mean when they go cold do we see austin hayes pick it up for him i mean he's having a pretty decent year he's not playing every day because i know he's splitting time with uh stowers but and it's also right now are we gonna see grayson rodriguez kick it into gear he's got an era of five five oh eight right now there's really no telling because, like, Grayson Rodriguez, at this point, I've stopped having the high expectations. Because I, I just, I've seen it. He, he can't go out and do it consistently. But, like, the other guys in this rotation, I've been very happy with what they've shown. Dean Kremer, Kyle Gibson, Kyle Bradish, Tyler Wells. Like, they've all shown off very good performances. I just, I, I just question the consistency because not, you know, most of them don't really have a body of work behind them. Yeah, and their bullpen's kind of worrying me because their bullpen does great against bad teams, but struggles against really good teams. Yeah, but, and like they have two great players in that bullpen. We, we talked about them, I think both of them, last week with Yenier Cano, who has been absolutely shut down. And then Felix Bautista, who's been very good, can get up there into like the 100s. Like they have good stuff going. I just I need to see more out of like your your guy that's just gonna come in to back up the starting pitcher. I need to see more out of the middle relief because yeah, Yenier Cano can be a fantastic setup man and Felix Bautista can be a fantastic closer, but I just question like those those middle relief guys that do the dirty work. Yeah, and you can't pitch those same two guys every game. Yeah. But uh Cano they, they both pitched tonight in their win over Tampa Bay. Cano threw in it uh, one and two-thirds inning, gave up one hit, two Ks, which he still on the season has an ERA of zero, which is pretty damn good. But Felix Bautista pitched one and a third inning, gave up three walks and only one K. No hits and no runs, but three walks. And four outs. That's not very good. That's not what you want to see from your closer. No, not at all. Like that's the problem. It's the same kind of thing that I said with the Blue Jays is that they have volatile players. Like mm-hmm. it, it's kind of the same with the Orioles. It just happens that the Orioles seem to kind of right their wrongs a lot. Yeah. I agree. All right, but I want I want to hear who you got at 3. At 3 I've got the Rangers. Just once again, okay. we, f- we flip-flopped there. I-, I love what the Rangers have, and I kind of stated my piece already, but 
at 21 and 13. I don't think the Rangers could have asked for a better start. They're positive at home at 12 and 6, and they're positive away at 9 and 7. That's, once again, something you want to see. I want to see them do it on the road a lot more, but, you know, I, I can't be happier. Plus 86 run differential. Like, they're, they're doing their job. They, they arguably have multiple games that they should have won that they didn't, and, and that's what they need to address is the bullpen, honestly, because they're giving up late runs, and that's a problem. But once they can address the bullpen, this team is going to be very, very good. Yeah, so you think they hunt, they buy bullpen at the trade deadline? I, I think so. Yeah, I think it would be smart for them too, but that, that plus 86 run differential is crazy. 223 runs scored and only given up 137. Yeah. Beautiful. But I'm pretty sure we have an idea who one and two are, but you got a two. I got the Braves. Okay, me too. All right, I'm glad that we could agree because it, it, it's pretty obvious that the Rays are one. <laughs> yeah, as, as much as I want to put my team at one, I'd be stupid. Yeah. Cause, yeah, It'd be hard to argue. Yeah. I know for a while there with the Rays, with their hot start, there was a conversation. Yeah, they're not playing anybody. They have a weak schedule. But that shit's out of, out of the water now. That's In simple reality, they're just playing amazing baseball. Yeah, they're, they're 29 and 8. You can't question it anymore because they've done it against teams in their division. They've done it against the Astros, which – not a great series against the Astros. They lost two of them, but still picked up a win. They've done it against the White Sox every single time except for one that they've played the White Sox. They're um, they're six and one against the White Sox this season. They swept the Pirates. They took two off the Yankees. They've already taken one off the Orioles. Like Tampa Bay is fucking good, but let's talk about the Braves first. They're on pace to win 111 games. And they already have a seven-game lead in the NL, NL East. Yeah, it's kind of crazy how bad the NL East looks right now. Yeah, dude. Like, because we thought, yeah, it was going to be a close series or a close race with uh, the Phillies, with them coming off their amazing year last year. But man, they they just started off so shitty. Yeah, uh, and the, the Phillies the, and the Mets, dude. God. Yeah, like the Braves have just. Ooh, like they're at a plus 62 run differential. Like they put up 197. Yeah, it's not 223, but they've only given up 135. Yeah. And we're doing it both. We're mainly doing it on the road. Yeah. At home, we, at home we're 10 and 8. And on the road, we're 15 and 3. I was about to say that because that is fucking ridiculous. 15 and 3? Like, that is absolutely insane. And the good thing is that we're beating over 500 teams. We're 6-5 and five against teams above 500, which is huge for us. Yeah, and, and I said seven games earlier, but after tonight's win, we're up eight. Behind us, there's a three-way tie for the Mets, Marlins, and Phillies. Yeah, and That's then seven. Washington is only a game and a half behind those three. Like... Look, it's not it's not like out of the cards to say that, you know, the Mets or the Phillies could have a good season because they're putting up runs. They're just giving up a few too many. It, they just need to win, and that's, that's the problem. But when it comes back to the Braves, 
The only thing I need to see is less injuries. Everybody is getting hurt. It seems like every week there's a new guy going on and off the I.L. Like, we yeah. get the news that Darno's back. Now Freed's on the I.L. Like, we just cannot avoid it. It's just killing me. Yeah, and I feel like once we can put this team firing on all cylinders, man, it's going to be deadly. Ooh. Oh, yeah, dude. They're going to be we'll, absolute world beaters. Like we'll, we'll have Rosario, Harris, and Acuna in the outfield. Um, yeah. And hell, as of right now, you can switch Pilar or Hilliard with Rosario. Platoon them out there. Darno and Murphy flip-flop between catcher DH. And then you got Austin Riley, Orlando Arcia, Ozzy Albies, and Matt Olson. Like that yeah. is that is absolutely deadly. And then we get freed, who needs to stop being a little bitch, man up and get on the mound. <laughs> yeah. But the thing is, is that we have the guys to pick up the weight. That's what I'm so happy about with this Braves team is that it's not just a number one starter or, you know, other guy. Like, Kyle Wright is still kind of beat up. Spencer Strider, though, fantastic. Charlie Morton looked pretty damn good tonight. Bryce Elder is more than I could have ever asked out of him. And we've got guys in the minors that can come up and start and have quality games. But what I really like is the bullpen. I, I think now that Rizal Iglesias has come back and slid back into his closing role, it just takes some pressure off of AJ Minter and Jesse Chavez, who are trying to pick up that weight, and just they can't. That it's simple; they just can't do it. And like the, the ideal situation is the starters, like Freed and Strider and Wright, even Elder, they can go six, they can go seven. Then Jesse can come in, then AJ can come in, and then Rizel can close it. Like I, I honestly, I can't ask for more. If I see Max Freed on the mound. He goes seven innings, and then I see A.J. Minter for the eighth, Rizal Iglesias for the ninth. Like, I wouldn't want it any other way. Exactly. And then we also have Kirby Yates, who is starting to pitch very well. Yeah. Like, he's he's cutting down on his walks, and that's resulting in Ks. Like, he pitched an inning today, two Ks, one walk. I'll take that. Oh, yeah, 100% of the time. But I, I honestly, at this point, all I need to see – is better depth in the infield because it doesn't look like Von Grissom's doing all that good, and that's not really working out. Braden Shoemake came up, hasn't been able to really get anything going. Adrianzo's kind of on and off the IL, and with Arcia kind of having to start at shortstop, it really limits the depth in the infield. So, like, if Ozzy goes down, you know, do we want Von Grissom back up? Do we want Braden Shoemake in the lineup? Like, there's there's a lot of stuff that could happen with this lineup that I'm I'm not very happy that you know it could be a possibility. Yeah, definitely infield death is one of them because I mean at the beginning of the season we were like it's going to be a battle between Vaughn and Orlando Garcia the whole time like the the ceiling was held high for Vaughn and yeah his bat was doing okay but his defense was just straight dog shit. Yeah. I think he committed like five errors in two weeks. It was not good. And, you know, it is, look, it's like one of the first times he's actually had to play shortstop in the majors. So, you know, it's just different. He played a lot of second base last year, didn't play any shortstop, and he looked fine at second base. He can cover ground. It's just 
making sure that he can play consistently in the field because what's the use in having him up here if he's not going to be a good fielder? Because, look, we don't need his bat. His bat's not even all that good. So if you can't field, you don't have a spot in this lineup because there's already some guys that can't field, and they're hitting a hell of a lot better than you. Yeah, like we got Pilar and Hilliard that I'll take their bat over Vaughn any day. Yeah, and, and those are two guys that are good fielders. Exactly, and Azuna's, Azuna's starting to click. Thank God. He's, he's starting to get rolling. He he stopped beating his girlfriend and started beating oh, okay. some baseballs. <laughs> All right. <laughs> well, he did He did uh, plea no contest to his uh, DUI from last year. Uh, that was Ozuna. just the other day. Ozuna from, from the Atlanta Braves. Ozuna yep. for Braves. Of course. That's honestly like an infamous quote in, in the <laughs> Braves community. I love it. Dude, that, it's, it's amazing. I all remember right. watching that video and it's. Oh, yeah. Absolutely it's, hilarious. It's but awesome. all right, let's go ahead. Let's meet Ride the Race. Just get it started. It's like, what the fuck? Yeah. That's how I'm going to start. Like, they're playing out of this world, I would probably say. Their run differential is. 116. Dude, it's absolutely insane. And you've got guys like Drew Rasmussen and Zach Eflin looking like real fucking starters. Zach Eflin is 4-1 and one with a 2-9-1 ERA. I've, I've never seen this man pitch like this. It's like he just, with Justin Verlander was hurt, as he took Justin Verlander's arm. Yeah. Dude, the lowest ERA that Zach Eflin has ever finished a season with was a 3.97, and that was in the COVID year. Jeez. Yeah, like they lost today, and he still went out there through six innings. Yeah, he gave up seven hits, four runs. But he held his team in there for six innings. His offense just didn't help him tonight. Yeah. And you said he's, he's, you said he's four and one? Yeah. So was tonight his first loss this season? Uh, I believe so. It could just be that MLB um, wasn't showing it. Let me check real quick. Um, yes, his first loss of the season. It's against a top team right now. And he yeah. only lost by two. Yeah. So, look, the rotation, absolutely insane. The bullpen looks just as good. Like, it, it is so crazy how well all of these players are playing. Yeah, and I want to I want to shout two guys out on their team cuz you would I would have never thought that they would be starting in a lineup right now. Christian Bethencourt. Yep. And Jose Siri. They're 8-9. Christian Bethencourt batting 233, but he's out here hitting 430 450 foot bombs. Producing RBIs. Jose Series out here stealing home. It's just insane to even look at this lineup and be like, yeah, they'd be good. Because it's not like this is just a super team. This is just a bunch of good baseball players playing good baseball. Yandy Diaz has been a good baseball player for a few years now, and nobody wanted to give him his credit until now. Brenton Lau getting all the credit in the world for just smashing the shit out of the baseball. He's been doing this for a few years now. Isaac Paredes, what a fantastic fucking pickup for this team. 
as a young player, like Isaac Paredes has showed some great stuff. Wander Franco goes without goes without being said. Like the guy's fucking insane. Randy Arozarena looks like the 2021 playoffs all over again. Like, or, or sorry, 2020 playoffs. But yeah, Josh Lowe, like so much. It's a fantastic mixture of youth and veteran leadership. And that's what makes them so good. Guys like Harold Ramirez and Manuel Margot that have been in the league for a few years now are the ones that just kind of like they kind of anchor down this lineup. And then like Luke Rayleigh has looked very good in a few of his appearances. Taylor Walls has looked pretty good. Like these are guys that just aren't like we're not accustomed to these guys playing good baseball. Yeah, dude, it's 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 awesome. I'll say. Um, but when you were talking about Brendan Lowe, he's the Rays are still winning and he's starting to play like shit right now. Yeah. Like his, his batting average is 204. He's struggling. Yeah. He was, I'm probably say just a couple weeks ago, he was like right there at 300, if not above it. And wow, he's gone downhill. Yeah. But the thing is, they've got guys to pick him up. Like, Brandon Lau didn't even start today and ended up pinch hitting and then uh, subbing in for Isaac Paredes, moving Taylor Walls to third, putting Brandon Lowe at second. Like, he doesn't have to start, but when the kid is hot, he's undeniably fantastic. And it just goes so well when the top four in your lineup are batting over 300. Like, Yandy Diaz batting 320. Wanda Franco, 310. Arozarena, 321. Harold Ramirez, 319. Like, it is just the perfect, perfect formula for success when you've got a ton of good players that will play consistently to just balance out a few guys that might get cold. Yeah, Yandy Diaz is looking like the best leadoff hitter in the MLB right now. Yeah. Which, well, he, he might be. Yeah, it's up there for debate. It is. I'm I'm probably going to stick with Acuna, though. Yeah, same. Actually, I don't know. No, nah, no, you're sticking with Acuna. You want to argue this right now? Nah, I want to talk about the NFL. All right. All right, let's do it. Justin Fields is the hottest topic in the NFL for some reason. Just over the past couple of days, can't stop hearing his name. Dan Orlovsky goes on ESPN, says that Justin Fields is going to be in the MVP conversation this year because he finally has the right people around him to allow his talents to excel. What do you think about this? Oh, well, I just want to shout Dan out because now Justin Fields, I'm going to take him in the first round of fantasy football this year. I, and I'm just... I wouldn't take him in the first, but he's certainly a guy I'm eyeing again. <laughs> yeah, I was about to say, he was a key success to your... Uh, no, because I fucking got rid of him. Oh, that's, over. that's right. Fucking oh. Mike picked him up. But, no. Nah, beat I, me I, with him. I agree with Dan, because, God, that that's a specimen on the football field. Okay. You recovered from that one. Yeah. <laughs> I thought you thought I was going to have to pause you. But, no, I agree. Justin Fields is fantastic. It, it's just like, MVP is a stretch. Yeah. But it's just 
with the numbers he can put up in the air and on the ground is what makes him so deadly. Yeah, and now, like, yeah, they added him some targets, and it definitely has the right people around him. I think Dan has a great point with that. I just, I don't know about MVP conversation, only because there's, for the rest of his career, there's always going to be a Pat Mahomes, and there's always going to be a Josh Allen and Joe Burrow, and all of these other guys that, they just, they play the position how most people intend it to be played, and that's what people look for. Justin Fields had over a thousand rushing yards last year. I believe he was in like the top five or top six in rushing yards last year amongst all players, and nobody it. gave a shit. It's I believe it. He was running 70, 80 yard rushing touchdowns. Yeah. But um, the way I look at it, so the Bears did a great job at drafting him. So some O line. And then they picked up a little defense, but they're getting building blocks to become a winning football team. And that's that's something that really helps an MVP race is when your team is winning. So looking at it in, in perspective, Dane's got a point right here. If the Bears can put together a winning season – with Justin Fields leading them, I can 100% see him in the MVP conversation. Yeah, and his head coach, Matt Eberflus, has got his back, said that Fields has made major strides compared to where he was at this point last year, and I think that was obvious. When we watched him play this season, it was a gradual increase in how good he was playing. And, look, of course the Bears did not play well as a team last year, but you're right. Like They've added a ton of people that are really going to help him out and – I'm glad that he's getting his recognition because he deserves it. And ESPN Fantasy has certainly given him his recognition. He's got he's number six QB right now in ESPN Fantasy for 2023. Like that's kind of crazy. Like there are some elite players that he's ahead of. Yeah, I was about to say so. Like before him, of course, it's Mahomes, Josh, Burrow, um, Herbert, Herbert, and who else? Rogers. Uh, I I don't. I think it's Rogers. Um, let me up real quick. I was about to say, who else could it fucking be? Um, let's see. QB. Brock Purdy? Hell no. Jalen Hurts. Ah, and, okay. and Lamar. Actually, oh. Justin Herbert's behind him. Um, but yeah, uh, ahead of him, only Mahomes, Allen, Hurts, Burrow, and Lamar. Okay. Damn, that's so he's ahead of Justin Herbert. Yeah. That's that. That's a little bit of a stretch, but I know it's kind of crazy. I think that dual threat just makes him so much scarier. Yeah, but we'll, we'll get into these uh, fantasy projections later. But also, congratulations to Justin Fields. He got his degree from Ohio State a few days ago. Congratulations! Congrats! Fantastic. Good job, man. But let's talk about the Colts in this tampering saga with Andrew Luck. All this shit is crazy, and it's still ongoing. And I got a feeling that it will be for, for, for a little bit. But it, it all started with Colts owner Jim Irsay and his fucking Twitter account that I don't understand why he has to use so much. He said, "If any NFL team attempted to contact Andrew Luck or any associate of him to play for their franchise." It would be a clear violation of the league's tampering policy, which is true because 
the Colts own Andrew Luck's rights still because his contract didn't expire. He just retired. And so they're allowed to make this a problem. And it appears that they're referencing the commanders reportedly reaching out in 2022, but obviously went nowhere because you know he's still retired and he doesn't look like he wants to make a comeback. So now it looks like the Colts have asked the NFL to look into possible tampering committed by the commanders. And there's a ton of conflicting reports coming out of this, but this is just such a crazy situation. Yeah, someone needs to tell like the Colts organization to stay off Twitter. <laughs> so I think this is what three weeks in a row that we've talked about someone yeah. being on Twitter. Yeah, it's always Jim Irsay, their owner. He's always the one on Twitter. Someone needs to take his phone away. But no, like it's. I'm happy for Andrew Luck that he stayed retired because who the fuck wants to go play in Washington? True. Um, but it's crazy when I think about it that it, it, I didn't really think about it before today when I was looking at the sheet that with Andrew Luck retiring that the Colts still basically owned him. Yeah. That it's th- this whole situation is crazy. But hey, speaking of the Colts, they released Nick Foles. Yeah, they sure did. And it just makes it even more interesting that they're obviously starting Anthony Richardson week one at this point. Hey, they got a plan. I'm I'm supporting it until I see it fail. Because well, it could be early. There's no telling. Or he could go undefeated. There's no telling. Yeah, like right now, their their quarterback depth chart does have Gardner Minshew as the starter. But yeah, it's Gardner Minshew, Anthony Richardson, and then Sam Ellinger. I feel like Anthony Richardson might actually start week one. He might. Heck, um, him and Josh Downs running parking lot, playing catch, running routes. Yeah, <laughs> like that. That's a crazy story that came out. Yeah, Josh Downs, the the rookie that they drafted, of course, out of uh, UNC. Uh, on day one of rookie camp, said that he went out to catch balls from Anthony Richardson in the hotel parking lot the night before because he didn't want to waste any time. And, like, there's so many great things being said about Anthony Richardson. Colts GM Chris Ballard said that when they were drafting Anthony Richardson, the big thing was that they didn't want to look up and watch him become a superstar somewhere else. And that's just high praise because that was the number four pick. Like, that is... That's a valuable spot to be picking, and you really got to make the right decision or you're just going to continue to be a laughing stock. And we'll see if this pans out, but at the moment, I really like what I'm hearing about him. Yeah, it makes me think that if the Colts had the first pick, would they have still gone Anthony Richardson? Who knows? Like, this, that's what it sounded like. But now, uh, I'm, I know earlier uh, in the episodes when – College football season was still going. We were shitting on Anthony Richardson a lot because, of course, you know, he's a fucking gator. But I'm happy to see his praise. He's good. Yeah. He deserves it. So, Anthony Richardson, you'll never hear this, but give him hell, dog. (laughs) Maybe I'll pick him up in fantasy. Uh, Uh... Oh, you don't want to. You don't want to just test the waters. He could just be a backup. So you're gonna have uh, Justin Fields and Anthony Richardson. 
Hey, fuck it. We want some rushing yards, dude. They're uh, worth dude, more I've, than passing yards. I feel like it's a Mike move to draft Anthony Richardson in the fifth round. Agreed. Mike, I know you're listening. You, you tell me. Is that your draft strategy? <laughs> uh, but let's talk about Dexter Lawrence. He got his deal, finally, so he can actually report to training since he was holding out for it. They agreed on a four-year $90 million deal, $60 million guaranteed. He's now the third highest paid defensive tackle in the NFL. Look, the Giants needed to do this, all pro defensive tackle. Like, you can't just let him walk, and you certainly don't want to be on his bad side. Yeah. Um, but one of the things, I like, his question is, like, Saquon still hasn't gotten paid. Yeah, and Dexter Lawrence certainly thinks he should be. Uh, Dexter believes uh, Saquon, in quotes, is going to get what he deserves. Why? He's a great player. He's a great leader for us, one of the top players on the team. I'm excited to see what's up for him. And Dexter Lawrence obviously has a great point. Saquon Barkley is absolutely fantastic, and the Giants would be doing themselves a huge disservice if they don't give him the money he deserves. Yeah, and I I love how Dexter Lawrence came about that. Yeah, he just got paid, but he's still there for his teammate, knowing that he's going to get paid. And that that can only tell me that that team chemistry in that locker room right now is through the roof. Yeah, like, and that's what they need. The Giants are like a, a huge fringe team is what I think. Like They're not like a shoe-in to make the playoffs again, but they certainly have the potential too. Yeah, heck, I'm really excited to see that wide receiver combo of uh, Darius Slayton and Jalen Hyatt this year. Yeah, deep balls galore. That's gonna be that's gonna be fun to watch. And of course, you're gonna watch Saquon Barkley absolutely snap some ankles. Don't forget about Darren Waller. Oh, dude, that's right. Dude, that's like one of my favorite pickups of the offseason. I keep I keep letting that slide right over my head, and I'm just. Yeah, Darren Waller on the Giants is going to be a problem. Mark my words. Daniel Jones is going to have a field day. Yeah. With this team. It's it's going to be fun. <laughs> so I, hey, I hope so. I, I hope they give the Eagles a run for their money. I really do. Me too. I, I, I would love to see this team do well. Yeah, I uh, also just want to see the downfall of the Eagles. Sorry, right, Ronnie. Fair enough. But... Let's talk about the Packers because we've certainly seen their downfall. Right now, their defense has eight first-round draft picks on it compared to just one on the offense, and that being Jordan Love. Wow. So it's not that Jordan Love is the one under pressure next year. Their defensive coordinator is under pressure with all these first-round draft picks because if that defense doesn't look fucking stellar for their young quarterback, he might see his way out. But I say that D.C. going to be heading out the door real quick. So here's the thing with all those eight or that those eight first round draft picks, we're probably going to see a lot of low scoring games from the Packers this year. Better hope so. Unless, you know, AJ Dillon, Christian Watson, Aaron Jones want to step it up. Hey, they certainly can. And I really like their pick of Luke Musgrave at tight end. Like they, they've done some fantastic stuff. I, I just, I don't know. I, I got to see it on the field. Yeah, that defense is going to set the tone. 
That's, oh yeah. That's all we're gonna. That's all we know. Certainly, and it's not going to help that offensive tackle David Bakhtiari is in an interesting situation with the money with Green Bay. So right now he's due twenty one and a half in twenty twenty four at a forty point six million dollar cap hit. And if they extend him without reducing his 2024 cash, the absolute minimum that his 2024 cap hit would be is 24.4 million. But if he gets a big extension, it'll be closer to 30 million. And it just doesn't seem like that works to keep him around. Yeah, that's for a guy like David. I don't know. That's pretty interesting. Yeah. Like, look, the problem is he can't stay on the field. Yeah, he, he he's injured every year. And uh, I'm sure Aaron Rodgers would take him. Oh, yeah. Oh, dude, could you imagine him going to the Jets and just never getting hurt again? Oh, man. That, that would be what happens, just to spite the Packers. Yeah, but besides the David talk, can we, speaking of Aaron Rodgers, can we talk about who's, who's that, who has his locker? <laughs> this is the craziest thing I've heard. Uh, probably all weekend was Sean Clifford, former Penn State fucking ten-year quarterback. However long he was there, the man, the man, the man that I like to refer to as the QB that beat out Will Levis. Sean Clifford has taken Aaron Rodgers' longtime locker. They got a big red dog sitting in there at Green Bay. <laughs> Good old Clifford boy. <laughs> But I'm just thinking about all the Packers players that are looking over at what used to be Aaron Rodgers' locker and just seeing QB Sean Clifford. Yeah, that's great. What is he, like QB3, maybe? Because I can't even tell you who the backup is. I don't know. It's probably some old guy that's been there forever. No, Sean Clifford's number two. I was about to say, Brett Favre come out of retirement. Nah, I don't know about that one. Danny Etling is QB3. Okay. God. I, 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 I could have I went to bed without hearing that name. Yeah, former LSU quarterback, Danny Etling. That's uh, interesting, but yeah. Let's, uh, let's, let's move on. I, I'd be glad to, because this story is absolutely fucking insane. Two USC journalism students were covering the NFL draft in Kansas City, and they were arrested while boarding their plane back to Los Angeles for the theft of more than $1,000 worth of first-round draft picks jerseys. Damn. What the fuck were they thinking? <laughs> that's... I'm speechless. Like, that's so stupid. Like, oh, dude, we just we got all these jerseys. Let's go hop on flight. Yeah, like it's pretty. They're they're gonna know when they're gone, dude. I want. <laughs> I can't even like talk right now, just because like how how can you be two journalism students at a big time journalism college? Yeah, and do dumb shit like that. It's it's absolutely. Insane to even attempt that. I bet they were friends with Caleb Williams. Could be. Caleb's like, hey, let me get that jersey over there. Hey, let me get this guy too. (laughs) That's just like, 
you gotta be real dumb to I'm just curi- be like, I'm gonna take these and nobody's gonna find out. I'm curious, like, which players they got. Like, well, at least a thousand dollars worth is quite a few. Yeah, well, it, it's not like the jerseys. It's not the jerseys that were at the draft. It's. I, I wonder if they got like a bunch of the same, the same guy. Uh, I no, I'd assume it. It was the jerseys that like they hold up at the draft. No shot. Like that's what I think it would be. No, because like when when they hold up the jerseys, don't they keep it? I don't think so. Oh, that's dumb. Uh, I'm but, looking it up right now. But um, <laughs> you want to talk about dumb? I want to talk about what Arthur Smith said to Skronsky. Yeah, that that's just crazy. Yeah, Arthur Smith in uh in Peter Skaronsky's visit with the Falcons told Skaronsky, "You're really boring me right now. Your answers are so boring." Like what? Hey, look. I, I applaud Arthur Smith for his honesty. That's shit. At least I know what kind of guy we got here in the ATL. Yeah, man. We got we got a real honest man that knows what he wants, and it ain't no boring people. I mean, Peter's last name is anything but boring. At least true. At, at least come up with some good answers. Yeah. You went to Northwestern. You should be smart. Arthur Smith probably asked him what his favorite superhero was, and he probably said Superman. Yeah, that is a boring pick. I'll be honest. Who, who would you pick? Uh... Like, like a boring answer or a good answer? I just want to know it. Who is your favorite superhero? Hmm. I have to like dip into the bag, honestly. Like, I, I'll, go for I'll like, give you a, like I'll Deadpool. Give you I like that. I like that. We're talking like Ryan Reynolds, Deadpool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely okay. not the X Men one. <laughs> uh, see, personally. I'm a, I'm a roast myself right here. I'm going Flash. Flash. You talking about Ezra Miller? It's a problematic I just, man. I just want to run fast for once in my life. That's fair enough. Fair enough. But you could have chose like uh, Quicksilver. Yeah, but he a little bitch. Bro, his character is so sick in X Men. Yeah, but he a little bitch. Fair enough. Fair enough. But I do have a little bit of. Uh, kind of to go back to this USC journalism thing. Um, The jerseys that were allegedly missing were from the 49ers, the Cowboys, and the Vikings. All three jerseys had the number one and no name on the back. And so it said in the police statement, these jerseys are used to give to players selected in the first round of the NFL draft, have a very sentimental meeting. Apparently $1,000 worth of meeting. Yeah, that is so crazy. I just I don't know how two two kids that want to be journalists just yeah. are that dumb. That is so it says here that the police said they observed the two student reporters enter the areas their credentials did not grant them access to after Thursday's first round. They were seen on video going into the waiting room carrying a bag around 1 a.m. on April 28th, that bag looked fuller than when they left the room 
which was said by police. Crazy. Yeah, like, that is so insane. That's crazy. But, yeah, let's let's talk about a Falcons signing that I'm very happy with, and I know you are. You told me before we started, the Falcons signed cornerback Trey Flowers to a one-year deal. Dude, I love it because we keep adding our secondary depth because in the NFL, I'm going to say, corners, corners, they don't stay on the field for a full season, if I'm being honest, just because they get worn down and they need breaks or they get hurt. They twist an ankle trying to go for a ball. They pull a hammy. So one of the most important things on a defense that you can do is have secondary help. And it seems like that's what the Falcons are doing right now. And I love to see it. Yeah, I'm super happy about it. Just continue to add depth and things will work out. And and it seems like that's their approach here. Yeah, so... Falcons, whoever's making these pickups right now, give them, give him a million dollars or a thousand dollars worth of uh, first yeah. round draft pictures. <laughs> I'm sure Terry Fontenot could get whatever he wants. Yeah, but yeah, but great pickup. Let's talk about this for a second. This is kind of interesting. So the Panthers said that they have no timeline for playing Bryce Young. Until he's ready, Andy Dalton is QB one. I, I, I honestly I like that because it seems like they're making Bryce Young earn his starting spot, even as an even with a number one pick. I mean, you're still going up against Matt Corral and Andy Dalton. You got to earn it. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I think that that's what this is. This is telling Bryce Young that. He's got to earn this. Yeah, it's like, yeah, we drafted you number one. We're not just giving you the starting spot. Yeah, I think that that kind of lights a fire under a guy's ass. Exactly. It makes him want it because, like, it seems like over in Indianapolis, Anthony Richardson is just getting handed the starting spot, even though he's there with Gardner Minshew and – uh, Sam Ellinger. Sam Ellinger. I couldn't remember that bum's name. Um, but yeah, I, I like it. I like that's a very professional thing that the Panthers just said. And it still holds that respect for Andy Dalton. Yeah. Who arguably deserves respect. Exactly. He's bounced around all over the league, but he's done his thing to hold his own. Yeah. I agree. He's earned it. He's earned the ability to be on a roster and actually be the number one quarterback. Hell, we might not. We might even see Bryce Young sit on the bench for a while because we could see a playoff Cincinnati. Ah, no, 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 no. Don't get ahead of yourself. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think we're going to see that. But what we could see is Brock Purdy. According to John Lynch, he expects Brock Purdy to resume throwing 12 weeks post-elbow surgery, which would land somewhere in early June. At this point, San Francisco could get a little bit more clarity on the exact return timeline. Still seems like there's a chance for week one, but they're kind of preparing themselves if this absence stretches to week you know, four or later. Uh, I'm, I'm very happy to see this. I want to see Brock Purdy play. Yeah, it seems like, 
Brock Brock Purdy feels that fire lit underneath him, especially like with them talking about Trey Lance. Like he's got to compete now. Yeah, he did what he did last year, but that's because there were no other options. Yeah, and don't forget about Sam Darnold on that roster. I'm, for, I'm forgetting I've about been, Sam Darnold. I've been hearing some good stuff. That's cool. I don't care. Look, I, I'm not writing off Sam Darnold yet. I am. Don't, because he's going to end up like Geno. You write him off, he's not going to write back. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, we do have the NFL schedule release coming this Thursday and so many changes to the schedule with the new uh, CBA and everything. So the NFL will have Black Friday game, uh, I think, fully done by uh, Amazon. Um, The games don't necessarily belong to networks anymore, which is kind of crazy. They do have like a, a certain... Number of like, so like CBS has to have a certain number of AFC games and Fox has to have a certain number of NFC games, but any network can get whatever game. Um, all games are up for grabs. So, um, teams can play on Thursday night football twice, and not all teams are guaranteed to have a primetime spot this season, but none of that's really the big deal here as fans. What I want to know, Colin. It's you know ahead of this release. I'm sure they've already gotten all this shit done. But what are some matchups you want to see next season? Uh, so I got two matchups that I really want to see. Uh, and then also I put in a little um uh, game that I'd love to see on the Black Friday game. Okay. But the two I put down two potential matchups that I'd love to see. First being the Jacksonville Jaguars versus the Cincinnati Bengals. Love it. Uh, just Jacksonville is so young and so is Cincinnati two explosive offenses did I just pronounce English right did that did that come out right no it came out it was a little messed up but I, I could tell what you were saying in in my head I just felt <laughs> like I spoke like gibberish <laughs> but uh no that that's that's to me that seems like an exciting game uh, Trevor Lawrence going off against Joe Burrow um, with two above average wide receiver groups, especially with Calvin Ridley coming. I would love to see that. And then also number two, I'm going to go 49ers and Cowboys. Mm. I like that. What about you? Um. So I want to see... 49ers and Eagles. That'd be a fantastic rematch uh, of the NFC Championship, especially like later in the season, Sunday night football. Like That's how I see that game. Maybe even Monday night. Let it stand alone because if Brock Purdy's back or Trey Lance is doing very well, those are two teams that I want to see play again. And it'll be a great you know look ahead to the playoffs. And that's definitely a matchup I want to see. And on top of it, one that obviously we're going to see, but I'm excited to watch, is Falcons-Panthers. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, I do got a question for you. Yeah. You're just talking, what if it's Sam Darnold for the 49ers going up against the Eagles? You were talking about him a couple minutes ago. Look, if Sam Darnold, late in the season, is looking better 
than Trey Lance and Brock Purdy, I certainly want to see that. Okay. Okay. I just heard you say Trey Lance and Brock Purdy is only. I was like, he already forgetting about Sam Darnold? I'm not forgetting about him. I'm not. I'm just saying there's a chance we see him this year. But yeah, I like that. I like that Falcons Panthers. Yeah, dude. That, that, it's that. it's it's once again gonna be exciting. Because it hasn't it hasn't been exciting since Cam Newton and Greg Olson and Luke Keekley against oh. Matt Ryan and Julio and Devontae Freeman and like fucking Vic Beasley when he was good. Dude, I just pictured Julio Jones going up over Luke Keekley. <laughs> like just automatically With just Josh yoink. Norman. Oh, dude, fuck that guy. Dude, like, I, all I can think of when I think Falcons-Panthers is, I think it was 2016 or 17, Julio Jones had, like, 200 receiving yards, and Matt Ryan had, like, almost 500 passing yards or something. Wasn't that uh, Matt Ryan's MVP year? I believe so. So, 2016, yeah, that, that, that was the game Julio fucking dogged on Luke Keekley, But... Also, back to Josh Norman, he was like Jalen Ramsey before Jalen Ramsey was even a thing. Yeah. Yeah, he was. But, Grayson, I want to ask you, with getting our first Black Friday matchup, who would you like to see? Black Friday makes me think, like, discounts. Like, something that we don't get to see a lot. Ah, man. Like, Two teams that I'm just excited to watch next year. That's what I think of for Black Friday. And, oh, man, I, I, I got to say Jets-Ravens. Okay. See, I could tell when you said discount, I knew you were going Jets with Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, man, the discount double check. Yeah, but, see, I want to see a rivalry game. I want to see okay. Eagles-Giants. Ooh, okay. Like, because about this time, like, Giants, they're going to remain challengers in the East. And, you know, I would love to see that. I would, too. I got, I, was... I, got, I got a full belly watching some TV. Ooh. On Black Friday? You still yeah. got a full belly? Yeah. All right. Christian, you know me. I always got a full belly. Fair enough. <laughs> One more that I would like to see, though, is the Battle of New York. New York Giants versus Jets. Ooh. That's an underrated one. That's money. I like that. All right. Let's talk about these ESPN <laughs> fantasy football rankings because I don't know about some of them. They're, they're kind of questionable, but Especially let's start off. Six. Yeah, let's start off at quarterback. So we already kind of laid it out for you earlier talking about Justin Fields, but Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, Jalen Hurts, Burrow, Jackson, Fields, Herbert. Deshaun Watson at eight is kind of outrageous. Yeah, like that's like, do they think that he's just going to be on a different level? Dude, people have been talking very highly of the Browns in general. I think PFF put them at like eight in their power rankings going into 2023. Well, yeah, they, they're going to, they got a good offensive line. Um, and their main two pass catchers, Amari Cooper and David and Joku, are gonna have to help Watson if he wants to be the number eight quarterback. Yeah, 
I just don't see that happening. No, not at all. I do think it's kind of it's kind of blasphemy to be putting uh, Aaron Rodgers at fourteen. Yeah, or like, and honestly, with the year last year he had, Geno Smith at sixteen. Yeah, that too. Like two guys that, I, <laughs> dude, Geno had over three hundred fantasy points last year. Yeah, but. Hell, did you see they they got Anthony Richardson at number twenty already? I like it. Over I'm telling Jared you, Goff, over Derek Carr. That is Jimmy crazy G. though. Over Jared Goff is crazy. <laughs> yeah, that's. Whew. It's in, it's interesting. It's tough to see Desmond Ritter at thirty, but I I respect that he's probably going to be there. I think it's kind of crazy that Sam Howell is behind Baker Mayfield. Yeah. I think Sam Howell has the ability to be much better than Baker Mayfield, let alone better than possibly Ritter, Tannehill, Mac Jones even. Well, hell, they got Colt McCoy over Will Levis. Wait, where is... (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) Okay, well, we're not talking backups. (laughs) Yeah, but... Because they've got Kyle Trask at 34. Like, they don't even know what they're talking about at this point. I was about to say, they got Heineke all the way at 40. Like, Heineke's a good quarterback. I could certainly see him seeing the field if Ritter doesn't get off to a hot start. Exactly. Like, he held his own last year. Yeah. All right, let's talk about running back, because this kind of makes me excited, but not really, because they've got Bijan at number three. Yeah, but, what, like, Grayson, when you go to all players, they had Bijan ranked six total. I know it's scary, man. I I just I don't want to put this pressure on him. I guess we just forgot who the fuck Tyler Algier is. That's what I'm saying, dude. Like Tyler Algier is a very good fucking running back, and he really showed it off last year. And I like where even is he on this list? He's behind Zach Charbonnet. He's number forty-seven. Yeah, but the fact that you put Bijan Robinson in front of Nick Chubb. Josh Jacobs, Derrick Henry, Saquon Barkley, hell, even Tony Pollard and Joe Mixon. Yeah. I wouldn't even put Bijan Robinson in front of Ramondre Stevenson. Yeah, look, like I get it that they think that Bijan Robinson is like the fucking like the next coming, but I, I like I, I get it. He's a fantastic running back. He he Tyler Algier is gonna get snaps. I don't think people understand this. It's not just Bijan at running back. I think, like, Bijan's going to have to earn his snaps, too, because I think the first couple games, it's going to be majority Tyler Algier. Because I, I want it to be, honestly. As much as I love the fact that we drafted Bijan and he's a fantastic generational-type talent, he's got to earn it. And and Tyler Algier has earned his snaps. Exactly. Like, he did... He was so underrated last year. It it blows my mind. But yeah. moving away from that, just a second. Do you see they got Jameer Gibbs in front of Kenneth Walker and Brees Hall? I was just looking at that because that is interesting. What the fuck? Nah. This can't fly. Like, I'm just behind Aaron. Like, he's just behind Aaron Jones and Najee. I'm, I don't even want to be on the running back list anymore because this shit sucks. Yeah, this is brutal. They got DeAndre Swift at 28. Like, this is 
What? Crazy. Like, Crazy. Yeah, like, yeah, Jalen Hurts running is going to take away from DeAndre Swift, but DeAndre Swift's going to be RB1. Yeah. I don't know. And, and honestly, Brian Robinson at 31, blasphemy. But let's let's move on to wide receiver because I think they kind of just they, – they they essentially got it right here, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah I, I agree. I Obviously, agree. number one, Justin Jefferson. And then yeah. Cooper Cup, uh, you know, I don't know where he's going to be at with the injury and all that, but I get putting him at number two. He's a receptions guy. Yeah. I mean, the same thing can be said about Devontae Adams, especially with uh, Mac leaving. It's just him and Hunter Renfro. Well, they did pick up, uh, what's his name? Was it Nikhil Harry? Yeah, but he's a bum. Yeah, I get it, but still. And not the most consistent quarterback play. But um, Jamar Chase at three makes sense. Tyreek Hill at four makes sense. Devontae Adams at five, yeah, you could argue for him higher, but I get it. Same with Stephon Diggs at six. CeeDee Lamb at seven. I think that's the spot for him. Amon Ross St. Brown at eight. AJ Brown at nine. Jalen Waddle at 10. Garrett Wilson at 11. Like, I, I don't disagree with anything that I've seen so far. I think T. Higgins might be a little high. Yeah, it, it's tough when he's kind of splitting the targets. Yeah, but, but like, he's, he's above. Uh, DeAndre yeah, Hopkins, which is kind of crazy. Evo, Chris Godwin, who had a phenomenal year this past year. Yeah. Um, my ter- Scary Terry. Yeah, he, Terry McLaurin really, like, getting shit on for some reason. Yeah. Same with uh, Pittman. Yeah, and honestly, Calvin Ridley. I know we haven't seen him play, but he's still, like, a, he's a so commodity. Good. He's so good. Yeah, Drake London getting shit on at 30. Honestly, I like Drake London right there. Let no. Him, let him burn that shit, bro. Okay, I get that. But, like, I think he's going to have better years than some of the guys that are on this list. He might be. This is why this is just a projection. I do love Michael Thomas at 36, though. Oh, yeah. I think that's fair. L- look at Jackson Smith and Jigba yeah. at 41 in front of TikTok boy. Yeah, Juju. Dumb fuck. <laughs> like they even got Jordan Addison at 45. Yeah. I, I Honestly, Odell Beckham at 47 is kind of a steal when it comes to drafting. Yeah. I uh, I like that. But also, like, I had to go to page two for this, but uh, they got Quentin Johnson at 51. Hmm. Interesting. Dude, I forgot. I totally forgot Adam Thielen went to the Panthers. Yeah. I think he's going to be a lot more of a target for Bryce Young than people think. He's going to be that slant guy. Yeah. He's there over the middle, first down, check down. Whoa. It's almost like that rhymes. It's it's almost like it's time for bed. <laughs> well, we got to talk tight end first. I I know, I know. Travis Kelsey at one. Of course. <laughs> Who else would it be, honestly? But yeah. Mark Andrews at two. I, I respect it. I probably would say Hawkinson will have the better year points-wise. But that's just because the Ravens added people to target. So I, I don't see his targets being quite as high as they normally are. I love Darren Hawkinson. Waller at four. I think it's kind of crazy to have him above Kittle 
especially coming off the injury. But yeah. I think Darren Waller is going to be a huge part of that offense in New York. Kyle Pitts at seven scares me a little bit. I was about to say, in, in my opinion, Pitts is a little high from what he did. Yeah, like we didn't see anything out of him in the games he played last year, and then he was hurt. Like it, it's a, it's tough. And Pat Fryermuth at eight is ridiculous, bro. Like Evan Ingram and David Njoku should be ahead of him. Yeah, personally. Honestly, two names I think that could be hired based on their performance last year. One being uh, a Kongwu. Yeah, a Kongwu. Yeah, with the Titans and then also Tyler Conklin. Yeah, he could definitely be higher. I think Jawan Johnson, who had seven touchdowns last year, with a team like with Derek Carr, who really likes to throw to the tight end and just needing a reliable pass catcher outside of Chris Olave, Jawan Johnson is going to get a good amount of targets, and I think he can produce very well next year. Yeah, I like that. Um, Zach Ertz is still questionable. We don't know what, Yeah. after that ACL tear, what he, what's going to happen with him. Yeah. But also you got, I think Evan Ingram's going to have a phenomenal year. I do too. Because with Calvin Ridley coming back, that's one less defender that's going to be on Evan Ingram. Yeah, like and it's huge. Sorry, I was going to say he's basically like another wide receiver. Yeah, with how quick he moves. Yeah, he's he's crazy. Uh, let's talk defenses just real quick. 49ers at number one makes sense. Bills at number two is kind of interesting to me. I feel like they. Lost a couple of key pieces from that defense, but I, I kind of get it. I think uh, one thing is how low the Jets' defense is. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, they have a great defense, but I just, I don't know. I feel like they they could definitely end up being one of the best, but I feel like they'll end up being kind of average. Yeah, I think... I think I, I love Steelers at three. I do too. I, think I really like their defense. Because they're TJ Watt's gonna be healthy and back. Yeah. Minka, of course. And then also they got they got Patrick P. Yeah. And Joey Porter Jr. Oh that's right. Can't forget about JPJ. Peasy Jr. Oh oh. Easy. <laughs> Sorry, that was uh, out of pocket. I apologize, guys. It's been a long day, but... I'm going to say it, though. The Falcons are underrated at 20. Oh, yeah. We're about to turn some heads, let me tell you. Ain't no way the Commanders have a better defense than us. Ain't no way. The Titans? Nah. (laughs) They tripped. Panthers? Nah. That's crazy, but hey, my my fantasy defense for three years in a row coming at number five, the Cowboys. Yeah, man. You know the uh, the I gotta love the pick sixes. Gotta love it. Yeah, and with Michael Parsons trying to move strictly to defensive end. Yeah, sack numbers going up. But they also traded for Stephon Gilmore. Yeah. Like. So one side you're gonna have Stefan and the other side you're gonna have Trayvon. 
It's a lot of Vaughns. Yes, but one spelled P-H-O-N. I know. <laughs> but they ended on. All right, and all I have to say is that the best kicker, of course, is Justin Tucker. Yeah, you know. Shout out Young Way Koo, number six. I love me some Daniel Carlson. Yeah? I do. I love me some Daniel Carlson. He won me a lot of games last year, a lot of matchups. Rookie, rookie kicker Jake Moody, the first pick of the 49ers draft, number 16. Interesting. Oh, yeah, he's taking over for uh, Robbie Gold. Yeah. That old ass is definitely in a retirement home. Oh, yeah. But I think that's going to do it for the fantasy rankings. Colin, are you ready for your first time on top three, bottom three? Let's go. I'm so excited. And I had to pick a fun one. We couldn't just stick to sports on this one. It's me and Colin in here. Like, we got to have a little fun with it. So we're doing it. Cereal. You know I love me some cereal. We had to. Many, many years of meeting up at one of our houses, having a bowl of cereal, and playing outside for hours spent with me and Colin. And so we had to do cereal. I I had to take the top three first pick, personally. Look, I get to make the decisions here. I got the bottom three pick with Luke last last week. Got to take it for here. But... I think that it's pretty strong to have the first pick on the bottom with cereal because it's a very, it's a very volatile thing. Oh yeah, absolutely. But I gotta get it started. One one top three cereals, Frosted Flakes. Okay. Had to. Let me go ahead and check that off my list. Good because Frosted Flakes are goaded, goaded mascot Tony the Tiger, goaded slogan. They're great. Like, it couldn't be a more accurate slogan. Frosted Flakes are fucking elite. It, it's it's so perfect. Because even once they get, like, a little bit soggy, they're still pretty goddamn good. Dude, in the milk. Yeah, bro. The so sugary, what? Sugary milk. So, I forget. You, I go with the first you, bottom one, right? No. No, we're going to finish the top three out, and then we'll move to the bottom. Okay, so I give my number one right now. Yeah, you're. Yeah, you're. You're. Uh, you got the second pick of the top threes. All right, you ready for this? Yeah. Give me some CTC. Yep. Cinnamon toast crunch. Bro, oh, I like, fuck with it. The little animation commercials where they were yep. eating each other, but the milk is what gets me after cinnamon toast crunch. It's Bro. just. It's just splendid. It is. It's fantastic. But if we're talking milk, my no, my second pick's got to be better. That's Reese's Puffs, dude. Reese's Puffs, absolutely fantastic. Way better than Cocoa Puffs, first of all. Reach. And nah, pff, no, not at all. Reese's Puffs are fucking elite. I said, I said, preach. Like, oh, I thought you said, I, I thought you said reach. No, bro. Reese's <laughs> Puffs. Reese's Puffs. Eat them up. Eat them up. And before that, it was Reese's Puffs, Reese's Puffs, peanut butter chocolate flavor, like absolutely goaded shit going on with Reese's Puffs. And I oh, had I to take it. them here in the top three. I love it. So I get my my second top three, right? Yes, sir. All right. This one, this is just for me, my personal favorite. And it's so cheap at Walmart. 
Give me Captain Berry Crunch. Oh, bro. No, bro. You're trying to get cavities? Bro, my mom's a dentist. I ain't had a cavity <laughs> since like ever. <laughs> right. That's that's an L pick, bro. No. Bro, when was the last time you had Berry Crunch? Never. It's shit. Okay. You said never, like, so you never tried it. No, I've had it before. I haven't had it at all in recent times because I know it's not good. I'm bring you a bag right now, bro. I it is it. like it is like eating hard packing peanuts. Ah, dude, I wouldn't go that far. You tripped. All right, what you got? At three. All right, since I don't want right. to get bullied. Well, since you're taking personal picks, I gotta take a personal pick. Going honey bunches of oats with almond gas. What, dude? Honey bunches of oats. With almond, easily the best when it comes to like healthy options for cereal. I think, uh, I think your your brain's a little tired. No, I think, dude. I, no, I think look, you need to go to bed. Look, we, you, you can't you can't go with the sugary option every single time when it comes to cereal. Sometimes you need a healthy breakfast. Honey bunches of oats with almond, easily the best. What if you're allergic to almonds? Suck my dick. <laughs> All right. So rounding out my top three, it was it was it was close between two. I'm not gonna lie, but I gotta go one more. I gotta go Apple Jacks. That that's one of my that was gonna be one of my honorable mentions. Uh, <laughs> I gotta be honest. Everything except for the Captain Crunch pick was on my list that we've said so far. But the thing is, like, Captain Crunch, you could also win Peanut Butter Crunch. Yeah, 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 whatever. But also, you could have you could have just hit them with, it's, you could have hit them with Cheerios. Nah. But Apple Jacks rounds out my top three. Mic drop, done. All right. All right. I, I respect the Apple Jacks pick. Fantastic. Sure. Mascots especially, big factor in Apple Jacks. Cinnamon. Exactly. But let's move to the bottom three. It stays with you. What is the All worst right. cereal? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go wheat checks. Okay. Yeah, that's strong. Strong. Y- yuck. Like, if I ever came, if I ever got out of my room, went to the kitchen, opened up the cereal pantry, and I just see that. I'm hopping in my car and I'm going to McDonald's. Yeah, that's fair. Fuck them. That shit is so gross. The only kind of checks that I'm trying to put in my body is checks mix or muddy buddies. Oh, bro, don't get me started on the muddy buddies. All right, that was weird. All right, you got next. <laughs> All right, I-, I feel like there's a couple of layups with the bottom three. So I'm going to go ahead and take this one cornflakes. Okay. It's I just have... like it's like the u- ugly stepsister of Frosted Flakes. Dude, I got my brother got me a box of cornflakes for Christmas. Thought it was Frosted Mini Wheats. No, it was cornflakes. Damn. My sister in law got me mini wheats. It's tough. Like, do they not love me? I feel like the Frosted Mini Wheats isn't that bad. I'd see them as like a mid tier. I wouldn't they put weren't... them in the bottom, I wouldn't put them in the top. No, Grayson, hear me out, bro. They weren't even a fresh box. Oh, okay. Nah, that's fucked. 
they gotta, gotta be fresh. They gotta be fresh. But that's, I that's like crazy. that. Cornflakes, fuck them. Yeah, they're dog shit. All right. So this one, this one, just because it's got a weird texture, I'm going the Rice Krispies. I wholeheartedly agree with that take. They, it's like, it feels like I'm eating like porridge. Yeah. <laughs> like, Cold porridge. You know, like when you're old and you can't like eat actual human food. Yeah. That's, that's what eating Rice Krispies. Yeah, dude, as, so, as soon as the milk touches Rice Krispies, they're mushy. Yeah. And they make that popping sound. It's like, nah. oh, dude, on a Rice Krispies, amazing. You can eat. I love them for anything besides cereal. Yeah, like Rice Krispie treats elite snack. Oh, yeah, Rice Krispies, horrible cereal. With the chocolate drizzle? Fire. And with the one with the M&Ms in it? <laughs> Fire. But I got to take my second worst. And this one I, I might get I might get some flack for Fruit Loops. I, I just I can't do it. I can't do the Fruit Loops. There's just really? something about them that I just don't fuck with. What you don't like being a little fruity? I, hey, to each their own. But with with when it comes to Fruit Loops, I I, I don't know what it is. I, I feel like if I'm gonna get a circular cereal that has the hole out of the middle, I'm taking Apple Jacks. Yeah, it's like Fruit Loops is is right there. Um, it's sort of my in between. It's like I gotta be in the mood for it. Cause yeah. like I could eat like three bowls of Fruit Loops if I'm in the mood, or I could just eat one ba- one bite and I just want to go throw up. Now, if we're talking cereal straws, Fruit Loops are Ooh. elite. Ooh, I I remember those, dude. Those things were gas. Y'all were always stocked on those. Yeah, because we forced our parents to get them. <laughs> <laughs> I remember I, I I asked my mom we were at the store one time to get him and she she told me to go wait in the fucking main aisle and get out of the cereal aisle <laughs> and then she went on to make me feel bad about myself for the rest of the day because I wanted a Fruit Loop cereal stick straw yeah it happens yeah all right but I I might get a little I might get a little uh fight back on mine too okay golden grams you know what I, honestly i don't think i could say that i've had a bowl of golden grams i have and it's not that great i'm gonna take your word for it because i i, I would i just always assumed they're not that good i've never main, gone for them the main pieces are like cinnamon toast crunch but it's graham crackers and it's awful. It's like eating cardboard. Yeah. And they have little bits of marshmallows in there. That makes it feel like I'm eating just a cotton ball. <laughs> and I don't like it. Alright. I don't I just don't like it. Alright. But well, if you want if you want to feel my pain, just go go get a little little bowl of golden grains. I think that's fair. I'm not gonna, but I, I think that's a fair pick. So, I, yeah, this is the final pick. Um, oh, baby. Shit, there, there's a lot to choose from here because I'm, I'm, 
I'm rather picky when it comes to cereal. I know you are. So, like, I've got four sitting here on my list, and I can't decide. But I don't want to just take the layup here. I'm I'm not taking Raisin Bran. That's a layup. No, Raisin Bran is, like... It's low-key kind of good. I've had it a few times. It's not that bad. I, I think it's it's say, a popular pick though. You got to be in the mood for it. I'm not like, going me. for the consensus pick here. I'm going for Cheerios. Any of them. Fuck them. All Cheerios. You're, all you're Cheerios done. suck. You're you're done. Nah, I, I like, feel like there's there's got to be some people that are gonna ride with me on the Cheerios take. Bro, peanut butter Cheerios with chopped up bananas in it. Is what is unmatched. Fuck? We're not talking, we're not adding fruit to these cereals. Dude, have you ever had bananas in your cereal? Not banana. I'm not the biggest banana fan. I've put like blueberries in cereal before. Okay. Oh, yeah, like some of that like special K cereal. Put some blueberries in it. Yeah, strawberry. Yeah. Dude, I'm not throwing banana in there though. Banana's so good. It's not like the texture. It's not the texture I'm looking for when I'm eating cereal though. Okay. But I want to hear your your honorable mentions for worst. Okay, so obviously Raisin Bran was there because it's a popular pick, but I've also got tricks. I think tricks are pretty shit. Agreed. I think overall, I'm just not a fan of like the fruit flavor, like the fruit variety flavored cereals. Yeah, like one of my honorable mentions was Fruity Pebbles. Yeah, like they're not good. Like they're the the same as Rice Krispies. They're just. I like some thickness in my life. Bit. I don't like the thing. Yeah. Little, like, I mean, and they get way too mushy. Exactly. Thank I will you. say, though, like sometimes the, the sugar rush of a bowl of Fruity Pebbles is not that bad. Yeah. I mean, I'd rather have Cocoa Pebbles than Fruity Pebbles. Maybe. The milk turns into chocolate milk. Yeah, but is it that chocolatey, though? It is. That's my predicament with Cocoa Puffs. It's like it doesn't get that chocolatey. Oh yeah, have you ever had a bowl of cocoa pu- or cocoa pebbles with yeah. chocolate milk? Uh, no, I haven't done that. Talk about a sugar rush. Okay, fair enough. But my last honorable mention on the bottom is Lucky Charms. I think they're shit because the actual cereal component of it is dog shit, and the marshmallows are I like they're okay, but I, I can't just get around the fact that the cereal itself tastes like shit. I just remember when we were little, we used to pick through the box and try to just get all the marshmallows. Yeah, that was the play. <laughs> and then whenever one of our parents would go pour a bowl and it's just all the little made cereal pieces. Yep. <laughs> all right. You got any honorable mentions on the bottom? I said mine. Okay. Tricks, yeah. tricks and fruity pebbles. And fuck them. Yeah. And then uh, any, any top three honorable mentions? Um... I was going to, one of the honorable mentions was uh, Raisin Bran, honestly. But also, the Special K Chocolate Edition. I don't know if I've had that. It's basically like Frosted Flakes with little pieces of chocolate. It's not bad. Like, it was phenomenal. Because, like, my mom loves Special K, so that cereal is almost always in the house. Respect. My honorable mentions at the top, Frosted Mini Wheats. A, a good bowl of Frosted Mini Wheats doesn't go wrong. If if all the frosting's kind of coming off, that's like the bottom of the box, not very good. You get some yeah. fresh ones, they got a good coating on them, 
fire. Yeah, and when they get, uh, they soak in the milk a little bit, and they get yep. a little soft. Oh, dude, those are good. Yeah, there's like those a there's good. like a peak couple of minutes where like a a, a bowl of frosted mini wheats is better than anything. <laughs> but it's very easy to miss that window. Dude, I remember I I was so messed up one night. I ate a whole box of uh, frosted mini wheats dry. Well, okay, um, so one of my one of my honorable mentions I'm about to say is one that I prefer dry, and that's Crave. You know what Crave oh, is? Yeah, that was just the like... little chocolate-filled ones? Yeah. That was, Those that are was better true. dry. Same with O's. What is Have O's? you had O's? I don't. Oh, like it's, Oreo O's? No, 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 no. It's like... Uh, look it up. Look it up real okay. quick. Yeah, I'm looking it up right now, but please describe it. It's it's these little... It's this cereal. They're in the form of O. It's like... Uh, is it Honeygram O's? Yes. Honey O's? Yes. Honey O's. Okay. Okay. Dude, I think dude. I have had these before. Those are so, I could I could eat that whole box, dog. Those yeah. are so good. I I remember the first time I had them was sophomore year when this guy in my math class was just munching on a little Ziploc baggie of them because it was right before lunch. So he was he was getting a little hangry. I was like, hey bro, let me try one. And my eyes just lit up. I paid him five bucks for that Ziploc baggie. <laughs> and I was I was making the big bucks back then. <laughs> five bucks for a Ziploc bag of cereal? Yeah, it was like one of the, like the the freezer bags. Okay, okay, I understand but it then. I told my dad I needed five bucks for uh, for lunch because I had no lunch money. Okay, I eat that. I eat that freezer bag for lunch. Strong play right there. <laughs> oh, all right. I think that's gonna do it for us, Colin. Man, that was a lot of fun. Once again, I appreciate you coming on. Yeah, absolutely. Anytime, man. Yeah, and um, just to let everybody know, the fiftieth episode of Second and Short is on Friday. Oh yeah, it's gonna be fantastic! I can't believe it's been fifty episodes already. Dude, I know it's been just over six months. Wow, yeah, it's crazy. I always forget we started this like during college football. Yeah, yeah. Uh, November second, I believe, was the day that the first episode went live. Absolutely amazing, man! You're doing a great job. I appreciate it. All right, I think that's going to do it for us, though. Colin, anything else for the people? No, like always, thanks for having me on. Uh, it's a lot of fun. I love talking baseball. But hey, go, go go, grab you a bowl of some, uh, some berry crunch. No. While you're listening to this episode. And just drop, pop in the comments on any of the social medias. Just tell me what you think. Go have a bowl of honey bunches of oats with almonds, and I'll change your mind. Hey, Rust. We'll, we'll, we can put up a poll if we really want to. Yeah, yeah. We'll, no, we'll, we'll do it. Yeah. Let us know. All right. Colin, thank you once again. And to everybody else, I will see you on Friday. Peace. Doses.